0: You're listening to the best of Maddie Jones. Never thought
1: forever was the best I
2: could
1: do. What's happening, bro?
2: Yeah, good bruzzy. <laughs> um, uh, Vegas. So we all want our tickets to yes, Vegas. Yes. Les, Lesh Goal. <laughs> Lesh go. Two tickets for You saw that in the Newcastle Herald. They had that uh, Newcastle Herald, the New Zealand Herald for the Warriors last week. They had Lesh go on their front page. Did they? I love that. Oh, man. I anyway, you got that. As for Vegas, Lesh go because uh, tickets are selling pretty hard. Like hotcakes? up? Like hotcakes, maybe Selling like hard hotcakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've already sold ten thousand tickets to 1, that 000. game. Ten thousand tickets to that game. It's September. It's only March. Ten thousand. Oh, yeah. That is Apparently, great. That is great. That is good. Yeah. So they're looking. So I spoke to Andrew Abdo this week. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uncanny. It's uncanny. Um, uh, they're, they're hopeful of forty to fifty thousand at that game. <gasps> they get that. 'Cause I was a bit sceptical about this whole thing. Yep. But if they keep tracking like they are, and the thing that I found really interesting is none of them like not none of them are real. No not many people have snapped up the packages. Like they just want to be unfettered, they want to go to the States, they wanna yep. go to LA, they wanna to go to San Fran, they wanna to go to New York and then they wanna converge on Las mm-hmm. Vegas for a big rugby league. So loving.
3: Have you heard from the NRL of like what it will take for it to be A considered success, B a yearly thing?
2: Well, it's funny. One CEO said to me, You want to make sure you're there for the first one because they don't know if there'll be a second. Okay. But they've got their, their, they're, they're committed for five years. Okay. Yeah. But what it's going to cost the game is, is um, the question that I suppose people at grassroots level will be Mm. asking. But, um, yeah, if they can get 50,000 in Allegiant Stadium, that's a hell of a lot more than, than what uh, a lot of cynics were thinking. It's
1: a great ad for the game, isn't it? Mm. You know, I mean, it's all about the. We believe the. You know, I mean, it's not so much yeah. about you know people say you know, will, will yeah you know, is rugby going to take off in America? I mean, come on. Of course it will. But it's about the gambling dollar. It you
2: know? is, yeah. and but as Abdo explained to me, mostly it's about the international broadcast dollar. Like the they they the the money that they get out of international broadcast is so small. So if they can try and get just a toenail in the American market and grow that audience, then they can get greater mm. broadcast revenue for this like, great game we call Rugby League. I think Rugby. That,
3: like, whether you agree or disagree with it, like, as a game, I do feel for quite a few years, we just haven't been trying things. Yeah. You, exactly. The good on us yep. having
2: a crack at yeah. it, you know? Yeah, Let's
3: just get shaking and moving. Like, Magic Round's been a huge success. Exactly.
2: Magic
4: Round has worked.
3: It's, it's worked. And if it doesn't work, okay, it doesn't work. Like, I just think that as a game... Especially with a fast-paced amount of content coming into the next generation of people, we've got to keep things exciting as yeah, often as we can. Definitely.
4: If we if we get half the half the lunatics to go to Magic Round in Vegas, wow! I think that's a, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that, that includes Matthew Johnson. But apparently, apparently
2: they're growing. The, the ticket sales are starting to trend towards people that are over there. I know a lot of expats who live in the states that have already bought their tickets. So, mm, yeah. yeah,
1: it's really it's it's exciting. As Beek said, to try things. Uh, I think is continued like, it, like if we go back to like Pitaval Andes Andrew Abdo, when the COVID when COVID happened, that little pause in the game, right, what they did, the adjustments that the game has made, the game as it stands at the moment, I've never seen it better. No,
2: mm. the, the on-field product, product is it, fantastic. Good. Yeah.
1: Now let's have a look over the fence <laughs> to. Uh, the other code. Oh no. The
2: GWS are allegedly playing in a preliminary final. <laughs> <Tonight>. <laughs> Against Collingwood at the MCG. That's a very cynical view. So, in any other sort of language, this the GWS would be an outrageous success. They've made four preliminaries in the last 8 years, never lost in the first week of the finals. They've made a grand final. Like as a Dragons fan, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that finals record. For my team, any day of the week. How many people in Greater Western Sydney would know? They've got thirty-three thousand fans, but the thing is, with them, they're not going to go anywhere. I was talking to people at the AFL this week, and they admitted privately that um, they, it's been much tougher than they thought. I think they underestimated just how strong rugby league is in Western Sydney. Uh, hello, thank h- you. H- Thanks for that breaking news. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, how,
1: how naive, but how arrogant.
2: But they're not going to get. Yeah. But this is the thing. Rug, but rugby league can't be arrogant in return because they're going to set up an expansion hub in the West of Sydney, which they probably should have done long ago. They're doing the same thing in the Western suburbs of Brisbane near Ipswich rugby league. Can't underestimate the fact that the AFL have got deep, deep pockets and they're not going to go away. It's generational change, whether that's going to happen though. And I I think they underestimated the, the, that just having success is going to make everyone suddenly jump on the GWS bandwagon and they, and, and, and they have it.
1: Uh, thank God for the emergence from a rugby league perspective of Penrith, yep, uh, of Parramatta as well for the, those big Western Sydney clubs that have really kicked. Yeah, but firing. You, you, so
2: so. But for mine, the best indicator has got to be TV audience. Yep. So that game last week when GWS played Port Adelaide at in Adelaide, they had clear air. There's no NRL semi on at all. Ninety thousand people in, in Sydney watched watched that. Is that, that semi.
3: comparatively to let's say uh, terrible? Like, that is terrible.
2: That is terrible. Okay. 93 <laughs> thousand That's on free
3: to wear Well, like, what's the numbers comparatively? Like, how many tune in for a rugby league match? A similar rugby league match in well the semi final in Sydney. Sydney that oh, semi
2: final, fucking... that semi between two non Sydney teams got had two hundred thousand yeah, in well. Sydney. But that was in a four o'clock Saturday time slot, which is a bit of a dead time slot in terms of TV audience. Yeah. Okay. So, but they've got so they've got a long way to go. Put it this way: there was shows on the ABC. There was like British. Detective Bluey. No, it was oh, um, oh. Shakespeare and some Hathaway. Oh, yeah, that's, that, yeah. Oh, I like that. That. that got that more people watch that than GWS. I think I think it's also
4: that no one expected GWS to get this far. Like we're talking during the week. Like, not this year. Carlton and GWS halfway through the season were fourteenth and fifteenth. I know.
2: It's incredible. and they've gone
4: on these enormous runs. Carlton people love that because they're they're, they're oh, purebred yeah. Melbourne club. But not, I'm not. You know, I don't want
2: to. Dis- but that's what I find really interesting about it. They're like they're in they're an invisible powerhouse. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean. They got yeah. they got all these resources. They've got all the Toby Green's the probably the best story in Australian sport. What he's gone through and where he's in terms of All Australian captain, but no one in Sydney knows. No. He could walk down the main street and no one yeah. would, would would recognise him. Uh, talking about Carlton and their run, I was, mm. I was
1: talking to John O'Brien a couple of months ago. We had to do a, sh- a shoot for Foxtel, and I asked him about uh, Michael Voss. I said, "You're your coaching Carlton." I said, he said, "I oh, they're having a bit of a tough time." He said, "But I'll tell you about Voss." He said, "Once he gets them going." He said, "You watch him." He said, "He's a great man manager." And I was like, "Okay." Then all of a sudden, bang! They go on this amazing run. He's I mean, a, that's the big story. He's a Melbourne.
4: classic. He's a classic winner,
1: Michael yeah. Foss. Yeah. He's done it, done it as a player and he'll do it as a coach now. can Yeah. Anything else? <laughs> um, me I'm think, just glad yeah. that love but isn't is, dead. Love I, isn't
3: I, dead. People watching Shakespeare in Love, i let you know. Okay, no, no, yeah, no. This is Sh- a very, no,
2: you're positive in towards that Shakespeare and Hathaway. Yeah. Oh. It's like a detective series. I, oh. like detective series. I watched Matlock oh. yesterday. But people, people are, are still in love, Beak. It's
1: okay. okay. I, I love
2: you, mate.
1: I'll put it on series link and record is The Goodies. Oh, The Goodies. Mate, been watching The Goodies again. God, it's a great show. Mate, the humour on The Goodies literally hasn't. It has not dated. It is still. Alex is like, nodding a lot. Oh, but i tell you what, is... um, some of the st- some of the stuff. Mm. Um, mm.
4: Probably... The South
5: Africa episode? Oh, it, yes. It, I yes. don't think that could be. Would made you say today, so? Somehow. Yeah,
4: it wouldn't be made today, the goodies. No. Uh, Although. No. Uh, uh, I think the. I think the, the my they all, Are they also. Do they, all say three still have...
1: alive? Uh, I think Tim Brooke Taylor passed away. Yeah. Uh, Rest in I'd, peace, yeah. Tim. I, I, did Bill Oddie pass uh, away? Bill Oddie's still alive. I think Graham Garden's still alive. I went and saw them at the State Theatre. Did you? The live. Oh, it was a live show. Let me show another riddance. one they used to. Work. What about Peter
2: Russell Clark? Is he still oh, going? Oh, Yeah, Is still he? live.
1: Yep, yep. Good <laughs> on you. Where's the cheese? We'll take a. Uh, we'll take a break when we talk. Uh, Robbie Union next.
0: You're listening to the best of Maddie Johns.
1: Welcome back to the show a little bit later. We've got uh, Silence of the Lambs with Liam Alexander as Movie of the Week. But the Monopoly game at Macca's is back. Head in store for your chance to win. Uh, Talking about winning. Well, not talking about winning. Let's talk about the Wallabies. Uh, Now, boys, the belief was that the Wallabies had a saloon passage through to the quarterfinals, semifinals. Uh, Hasn't been the case. Uh, The loss to Fiji. We've got to beat Wales. To to stay
3: alive, mm. Oh, uh, mate. Cheers like, That's what I said last week. I, I felt like Eddie was kind of wrapped in this mystique of he's got this magic up his sleeve and he's just going to roll into the World Cup and everything's going to be okay. And I, I just don't. I, I look at look at the last how many years for the wall, Wallabies. Mm. We haven't been good in a very long time. And mm. I want them to be good. I'm not yeah. sitting here saying, oh, how good's that. I'm just saying, when was the last time you looked at a Wallaby squad and said that's a world class yeah. squad? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: That's exactly right. Well, yeah. It's
1: funny, isn't it? It shows you what uh, uh, the state of Australian rugby when you've got a bloke like Eddie Jones who is so thorough that he knows exactly what he's getting into all the time, yet he goes there and admits it's a lot worse than I thought.
2: Yeah, it is, but I was talking to some rugby types yesterday and they were saying they made a couple of points. The first one was um, when Eddie was appointed – they, like something had to change. Things just weren't ha- working under Dave Rennie. But, so when Eddie was appointed, they thought, you know what? If he just keeps the team that Rennie's been picking, then we can do something at the World Cup. But Eddie's come in and made wholesale changes, yep. including not having Hooper, uh, uh, Michael Hooper and, and, and Quade mm. Cooper there, um, which Drew Mitchell went <laughs> to DEFCON 9 on a podcast of, uh, the day after the game. Uh, after the loss to Fiji and said was ridiculous. The other one is, and Ian Payton, my colleague, wrote about in the Herald today, is that, and and Eddie's quoted saying, world rugby now, it's like mini NFL. It's all a big power game. And that's what South Africa are doing, and that's what France are doing, and Australia doesn't have those players, particularly when Will Skelton and Taniela Tupu, the two biggest blokes in the team, are unavailable because of injury. So they're trying to play running rugby without the players that they, yeah, right. you know, to do it. So it's, 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 it shouldn't be that surprising that we're in this situation. But Fiji's not legless either. No, no. You know, people very don't strong. underestimate how good they is, are.
3: Is, like, I mean, I hate to be, and I don't want this to be true, but I get the like, is rugby dead? Like, is it dead? Like Where? where, where can we, yeah, in Australia, not in Australia. In Australia, the world, no. The rest like, of the world, it's
2: going because, like, strong. I just, but...
3: Where do they go from here? Does, it, does, does things look better? Do they have more talent to scout from where they're younger? It, if anything, it looks like it's just getting less and yeah, less. It does. I think something drastic needs to the, change for the whole game in Australia. Well, the big,
2: the big um, saving grace is going to be private equity. But I read with interest today from Hamish McLennan, the chair, that that that's not an option at the moment. So they're looking at debt. They've got 90 million <sighs> of debt that they need to need to
1: we, cover. Oh. Webby, the Joseph Swailee yep. situation. Mm. Now, now the heat's gone out of it, right? And you can sit and look at
2: it in the cold, hard light of day. What do both parties think about it now? I, I still think it's I, it's I th- still think it's a win for Australian rugby. Yeah, for sure. In getting him um, from a marketing perspective. From a marketing perspective, for sure. But the same thing happened with all the league players: Wendell, yep. Rogers, Takiri, and that was successful to a point. But when they all, but in the end, there they all left. Yeah, you yeah, know, it's, they it's, all went back to, just, to league.
1: I, I just look at. Australian rugby and I say, what is our style? Mm. Like, what, what what sort of rugby you know, do we play? You know, tr- traditionally, when we've always played good, it's it's high skill, you know, mm. uh, expansive mm. rugby. You know, along the lines of you know probably the DNA is Randwick. And I look at like the the reason I say that is if you have a look at Argentina, Argentina traditionally we were a ruck and maul rugby. But they came to the conclusion that they couldn't compete with the South Africans and the All Blacks as far as rucking and mauling. Mm. So they made a decision. We're going to play completely different. We're actually going to play sideline to sideline. And, and that's just ball. brought them great success. Yeah. I look at us uh, like Australian rugby. How can we possibly beat the Springboks and the All Blacks trying to play power rugby?
2: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But the, the problem – we'll look at number 10. They've had struggled – struggle to find a legitimate number 10 for yeah, years but
3: isn't that an example of
2: but that's an example of, of the game not having of, enough money that's because saying. all the play, like all the the GPS system used to produce all these players now they're producing all these players for rugby league yeah. and that's
4: the thing like South Africa and the All Blacks are getting their best footballers to go into their number one sport which is rugby union uh, here it's never going to work
1: can i ask i love i love you know people just prefer the league can i pose an ignorant question can I give you permission to do that everybody's okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Arrump, this is, this Arrump, is once Arrump. okay <clears throat> if we picked an Australian rugby league side and we had 3 months of preparation say michael checker coaching would we beat the wallabies in union
3: i honestly think Oof. we like i honestly think we'd go okay i don't know whether we'd win but 3 months of training uh, no though.
4: no i don't think i don't think you'd win because they, they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to get down the nuances of oh, that yeah, shitty yeah, scrummaging. And the line stuff The dark, outs, dark arts which, which rugby union people all look, say I think what that's, rug, where, that's where rugby you rugby, know what rugby needs?
2: happens. It needs to. Once you get tackled, you have to get up and play the ball and do that. You, Wait, get, you, get, you get six goes at it. I that's I what, that's I exactly what they, they rugby talk, union they should, should they, talk
4: about, they talk about, you know, the, as I was saying, the ruck and maul and, the, as you say, the all dark all cards. Right. The problem is when they do stand up, they're passing and they're tackling. Ain't that sharp. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the problem. But when you look at the All Blacks or you look at, See, look, you know, the French or you look at the
1: Springbok, it is that sharp. So I look and I go, okay, back line. So you got Nathan Cleary, you got Munster, you got Luttrell. And I just go, you know.
3: I actually think we go sorry, okay. i sorry, I think we... we... I, th- I honestly <laughs> think we go okay. I think people would be surprised. I, and look, I actually believe that both sports are better when both are going well I don't think yeah. it's going to be good for league if rugby just completely dies I, I think that they can complement each other they don't it doesn't have to be one or the other I really do believe that yeah. and,
2: but people also think that rugby's a uh, like a, a private schoolboy game it is to a large extent mm. but you go look, in the Hunter Valley yeah like it's a really strong right. rugby union yeah. singleton yeah. yeah
1: very very strong yeah, regional areas have always and been and I can strong. tell
2: you if you go and watch the Maitland Blacks at Marcellin Park in Maitland there's nothing elite about that. <laughs> 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 That's pretty rough and tumble.
1: My old teacher uh, was uh, the hooker for the uh, the Maitland Blacks back in the day. just oh, right. Played in Marsillan Park. What was yes, his name up there? His name is Casey at the moment. I think. No, Mr. Connell. Mr. Oh, Connell. Oh, Mr. Connell. Mr. Connell. If you're out there, uh, uh, me trying to get my words together, you're to blame. He was my English teacher. So uh, <laughs> have you have you ever played a game of rugby? Uh, Frankie like, Connell. His name was Frank Connell. As a as a yeah, kid, did. did you ever play? Had yeah, you go? I How'd you no. go? Oh, killed it. Did, uh, you, did, Joey, did Joey ever play? Nah, he wasn't as good as me. <laughs> uh, but I tell you the good thing, we've we got Wales. We got hopefully we get over them. But after Wales, this is what I can't. We play Portugal. God, I hope we crush them. <laughs> 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 Nothing better than crushing a minnow. Boys, it is uh, time for Maestro's Musings. and uh, Alex, take it away.
5: Good morning, Keith. Paul is excited, dude. Nice to, be, <laughs> nice to be back with you again. Raz. <laughs> um... It is wet today. We've got this cafe vibe going. It's, I don't know. It feels appropriate. Anyway, I've been in (laughs) some of the great melting pots of the world lately. I've been very fortunate. I've been in the World Cup, which has been fantastic. Um, Been over in Europe, experienced Spain and Portugal. Done all that. We've done that segment. Mm. Climate. There is no melting pot like the Star Casino at 12am on a random Thursday. Mm. It's just fantastic. The people you walk past elderly Asian man standing just (laughs) over the top of a a pokey (laughs) there's a drunk guy you know Marnie you know with a watch and just everything looking completely bedraggled at a blackjack table (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, and then you get sort of fresh 18 year olds who've still got that little bit of bum flush or bum fluff on their chin walking past with man bags on So, <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, it was interesting. I was there with semi-pro athletes and some football administrators. It was, um, yeah, well, don't you see a different side of the world in casinos, in casinos at midnight? The
1: dark side. Isn't it funny, the escalator, escalator's going oh, up, happy, is happy, happy place. Mm. It's, like the, it's like the arrivals at Las Vegas uh, airport. Mm. Then you got the down escalator. Um, when you're going down, 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 and it's like the departures lounge at Las Vegas.
2: People
5: have lost everything, absolutely, and, and are about to go and yep. make it all back, staring at a computer, <laughs> looking into their own souls. Why were,
2: we, why were you there again?
5: Oh, we were at a. It was the Football New South Wales Gala Awards. Right. So ah. there were, you know, who took luminaries. out the big? Who took out the big gong? <laughs> the big gong was Alec Urushevsky, nicknamed the oh, and, Baker. Why? That's what he does. That's his. Semi, semi-professional, so oh, his, he's a his baker. day job is he is a baker, oh. which is quite remarkable. Sydney FC Academy product, but yeah, that was that was good fun. And then this weekend, I'm off to um, Combank Stadium to call the um, NSWRL Grand Finals with the Maitland Pickers going for their third straight Presidents Cup. Really? That's yeah. what I
2: cut my teeth on covering the Maitland Pickers. And isn't it? Great story. Cool? Yeah, great but story. It's
5: still a big powerhouse club. Um, well, they weren't. They sort of go,
2: they've gone up and down and had to fight off extinction, but then the pickers have come good. Can I ask your name? And, uh, it's
1: a name I haven't thought of for quite a while, but he, he played up front with uh, Andy Harper of yep. Newcastle for the Newcastle Breakers, John Bonavoglia. Is, yes. is, is Johnny still floating around?
5: I haven't seen Johnny, but his son played, I think, a couple of seasons right at the start of the A-League with, um, with Sydney FC. Yeah, but, right. Um, yeah, Bonnevalle is Johnny? a name I know, but I yeah, haven't Johnny seen Johnny for a while. He's a
1: Leichhardt boy. I think his mum and dad owned a uh, restaurant in Leichhardt. I remember he was up front with Andy Harper. Harps, who used to hold the ball up beautifully. And Johnny's speed would just take full advantage of the space that was made by Harps. Big Harps. Mm. <laughs>
3: um,
1: and Den and I...
5: <laughs> I just wanted to touch on... You were just...
2: <laughs> What's happening this school? <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> My is music. Um, I love it. I'm <laughs> it loving it.
1: It was funny that ground. I thought they used to play it, which was called One Point Breaker Stadium. Then the Hunter Mariners played there. It was actually it was at Shortland. Mm. It was yeah. a it was a it was a greyhound, greyhound, track. Was <laughs> a greyhound track, track. but also it was a graveyard. And yep, and they got rid of all the tombstones. I
2: covered. I did. I covered some Breakers games.
1: the ground was, was surrounded a, by a greyhound it, track. Nah, nah, it, it, well, it, they've turned it now into the gardens. Uh, well. It's oh the grave, gardens Greyhound track. But yeah, it was right. actually a grave it was a graveyard. Birmingham Gardens. Oh. Birmingham Gardens. So yeah.
4: kind of like Lang Park.
2: Well it was a grave, uh, it was, was on a, a graveyard. Was it really? Yeah.
5: yeah. It's been yeah. fun it's very, covering very it's free. been fun covering games this year at Wentworth Park. Should we take yes. Rugby League back to Wentworth Park? Like, hey, Wentworth to a, that's
2: a good uh, facility. I love, I reckon you should I love have a game a night, and have the Greyhounds going around at the same at time. At the same time.
0: You're listening to the best of Maddie Johns.
1: Oh, welcome back. Jeez, I wish you could be talking about the ad break. No. It no. hey, you, unbelievable. Yeah. unbelievable. Uh, My Cruises Friday, Friday FOMO offer will be announced today. Just stick around to hear it later in the show for the uh, My Cruises Friday FOMO offer. But it's time for Movie of the Week. Of course, as said before, last week it was sharks eating people uh, with jaws. Today it's people eating people with Silence of the Lambs.
3: You see a lot, Doctor. When are you strong enough to point that high
1: powered perception at yourself? What about it? Why don't you you look at yourself and write down what you see? Maybe you're afraid to.
2: A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver.
1: With some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Gosh, I feel like a Chianti right oh, now. Oh, man, so do I. I feel like some liver. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Damn you, Anthony Hopkins. Liam Alexander, welcome. Good morning, guys. How are we all? Oh, we're going good, Liam. We're going good, brother. Hey, is this quite possibly the greatest horror slash thriller of all time, Liam?
0: Yeah, I think there's a there's a debate around whether it is a horror or a thriller. I think it it sort of leans more towards being a thriller. I think it's one of the best ever made. It's not scary in a jump scare sort of way. It just has these sort of extended sequences of of pure tension and the performances in it are, are next level by by Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster.
1: Liam, for people who haven't seen it, the plot.
0: Yeah, so it's about this young FBI trainee uh, played by Jodie Foster, Clarice. She's on the hunt for this serial killer who basically skins his victims and goes by the name of Buffalo Bill. So in a bid to sort of somehow get inside the head of the killer and try to catch him, she she seeks the advice of this imprisoned Dr. Hannibal Lecter. He's a very calculated and suave middle-aged man who, like you said, also happens to enjoy eating other human beings. So they, they have to try to find Buffalo before he kills uh, another victim.
1: Oh, Tell you what people eating people
3: can you feel
2: the tension in the air right now i know i can i can feel it all the way down in my plums getting all swollen with a light blue hue to them fresh and juicy ready for the picking
1: damn straight now i, I... Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you know i okay, keep just a quick plums. segue? do you know how many times i keep hearing in nfl games at nrl People say, "Can you feel the tension? Yeah. Can you feel the tension in this game?" Because they watch the show. That's yeah, right. This that's is it. the thing. Oh, no, that's what Joe Buck when he's calling NFL is going. I'm going to talk about yeah, Joe Buck.
1: He's wearing a, it's a piece. No, he's had he's had three or four hair transfusions. As the, as the technology increases, he actually gets transfusions.
4: Yeah, <laughs> hair transfusions. I don't know if it's a transfusion, yeah. transplant. It's a yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. something like that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, any back to the movie. Yeah, here, well, here's
4: a little thing we talk talking about there because, like, the plot of this film sounds so you know Hollywood. In fact, it's based on a true story. In the fact that when Ted Bundy was in jail in Miami, or Florida, for obviously his killing spree, a FBI agent. I believe it was Robert Ressler, who was in the Behavioral Science Unit, went down and spoke to him to try and see if if they if he could give an idea of how they would catch the Green River Killer in the '80s, who was a unknown serial killer for basically 30 years before he was caught in the early 2000s. So he worked on him. What what should we be looking for to catch this guy? Wow. So there you go. Liam,
3: yeah. is this Anthony Hopkins? You know, shining moment in his career. His Apex. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think absolutely. There's a good story. Before he took this role, um, he was basically going to quit acting because he hadn't really reached that A-grade level. He'd been in a few good movies like The Elephant Man, but mm-hmm. his Hollywood career, like it wasn't taking off to the way he thought it would. He was going to go back to the English theatre. And after he got this role, he's only in the movie for 24 minutes, and he won a Best Actor in a Leading Role. And oh, wow. It's one, of the, one of the shortest amounts of times that an actor who's been in a movie has won a Won an Oscar for it So it's a pretty Incredible performance It's it's incredible Liam
1: Is they They say that The voice he came up with Hannibal Lecter That that came to him Late Literally he hadn't Practised how How to speak Hannibal Lecter would speak Until that scene Where she walks across And he goes Hello Mm. Clarice." So I I
2: watched it last night I remember when I watched this, This movie In 91 It came out it scared the shit out of me then. Yeah. I watched it last night and it scared the shit out of me last night. Oh, and you know that scene dude. where he come, like just that look on his face, that first time oh. we'll when they meet. And do you know what really got me where he goes, where he realised that she was an intern and he, Jack yeah. Jack Crawford sent me an intern. A and I was like, oh, my yeah. God. God. What about <laughs> Mingsy? Oops. How oh, Yeah, he didn't really. <laughs> <laughs> he had a. He wasn't meant for this what did world. He, what did he say to no. her? No. No. I can't care. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he uh, he had a bit of he was thrown around a fair but bit, but he of he
4: got he got the Oscar for best actor, but he he lost the love through it. So apparently at the time he was dating Martha Stewart, oh. Anthony Hopkins, mm. and Anthony and he got dumped soon after because she said she could only see a cold-blooded murderer in front of her oh. in a oh relationship. God. So he, he got dumped. Particularly when going in for the big Martha Stewart tongue-y. dumped Anthony Hopkins because he was God. Hannibal <laughs> Lecter. My <laughs> God. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, there's a line I'm not going to use it there. Uh, okay, uh, <laughs> uh, leave, leave, Jodie Foster is it is it her apex?
0: I think so too and she was coming off uh, Anthony Oscar, Hopkins yeah, said she, he was intimidated by Jodie Foster because she just won the Oscar for best actress as well before before she filmed this movie but I think she won it for this as well, and I think this is the height of her career as well. I think she's so good in it.
4: Because she won, she won for the accused, yeah. Oh, 89? that's right. Yeah, yeah I think that so. Was a, yeah. that, was a,
2: that was a
1: that was a heavy mm. movie too. Best be, best scenes, boys. The what about when James Gun push? You know, the old, uh, you know, he does the, yep, <laughs> the, the old scene.
2: <laughs> <and> the, <laughs> oh, the old uh, <laughs> hide, and,
1: yeah, the, hide the,
4: the, yeah, hide the, the old yeah. I, I, I would say it's between the first time. Ha- the first time Hannibal and Clarice talk, and then the whole sequence when he gets moved, and he's in the big cell in the, in the big room. No, no, no. Everything oh, from yeah. there, the the conversation between Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins there is so intense and incredible. It's one of the greatest scenes ever filmed. Mm-hmm. And then, it, then it elevates even more with those two poor police officers that are guarding <laughs> guard you. And you get to see Hannibal in full Hannibal. Yeah,
1: you do, you do. I tell I tell it's a chilling scene when when the girl, the mayor's daughter gets abducted and yeah. she's driving oh. in the car and seeing like Tom Petty. Tom Petty, American and girl. You, just, you know what's yeah, about
4: yeah, to what happen. We, oh. yeah. and, that's, and that scene, cause like, you know, talking about real life, that scene's all, it's based upon that that's how Ted Bundy did Ted Bundy. So he, he would lure people to help and stuff like that. Sometimes you used a broken arm all those little mm. tactics, so because that's one of the characters of Buffalo Bills
1: based upon. Oh God! Liam, Good. any other uh, bits of trivia we need to know about this film?
0: Well, I think, I think, well, regarding Buffalo Bills home, it actually it went up for sale in 2015 for 300 grand, but no one would buy it because of this movie. It like what? It, no one. They had to sell it for like 90 thousand dollars or something because no one would buy the house that. They used for Buffalo Bills' home. And it was pretty pretty funny.
4: And on that house, get this. So Ted Ted Levine, Ted Levine, who mm. played Buffalo Bill, he couldn't believe it that when he was told of the location of Buffalo Bill's house. Because first off, it was in his hometown. Mm. But when he turned up to film, he realized that the house they were using was a house next door to his childhood sweetheart's. Oh, what? Yeah. so he so he grew up. <laughs> Basically knowing that house, and that was the house they used to,
1: you know, do all I'd sorts of things real, with people's skin. I'd love to see the real estate uh, real estate sell in the paper. <laughs> Renovator's dream. But yeah, when you when you when you when you, see, when great, you see that,
4: basement.
2: but when you see that house, they do it so friend, well.
1: It's keeping that,
4: friends. It's oh. that scare. It's that scare, and the music. That scary middle America. Mm, that oh. is so with mm. the tra- like train oh, track yeah. industrial. Like coal mining, it's oh
1: yuck. What, what about him when James Gunn, when he answers the door? And, yeah. hello hello. <laughs> 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 lotion
5: <laughs> in the basket.
4: What, yeah. what, that's him. Oh, what, right.
2: what about? Do you know there's a song made after that?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah by the Greenkeepers. The like, Greenkeeper, well, well, yeah. What's it called? It puts lotion. the lotion
2: in the basket. That's yeah. <laughs> you gotta watch it. Poor precious. Yeah. Do you know she? Oh, well, there's a, she's got a Wikipedia page. Dala, her name was Abishon uh, Freeze. Oh man! Known, best known for her acting role as Precious in the 90s. Go, can you really say that's an acting role? Oh, I
0: it did Dala. it well.
2: Pulled it off. Um,
0: Liam, out of hundred, I wonder if she knew Bella from. I think, I think it's up there. I think it's a, a 95 for sure. Mm. Mm.
4: This this is a hundred. This is a hundred film. You know what, and the concerning thing for me is that Alex hasn't seen this film.
5: Oh, Alex! What? Might be my lonely viewing tonight. Beak, yeah. have you watched it? Yes. Good. Yes, I have. <laughs> <It laughs> <rubs it. laughs> uh,
1: right, our boys, what we're going to take a break, Liam. We're going <laughs> to hang around after the break. Greatest serial killers in cinema history. <laughs> Evoking visions of my favorite casserole, and if I <laughs> oh, shout out to Buffalo Bill. I love,
4: I love the one we're sitting here laughing about <laughs> a terrifying scene. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, holy cow, the world it's going to be a alive. Strange, strange uh, day. Um, now, we're just, we're just doing Silence of the Lambs, if you uh, weren't fully aware. So, off that, we're going to do greatest uh, serial killers in cinema history. And the first one i going to talk about, the Friday the 13th, Franchise, mm. Jason. Jason,
4: Jason
2: Voorhees, yes, yeah.
1: what Jason Voorhees, Voorhees, I didn't know he had a. <sighs> oh, as a That's kid, right. oh I mate, I'm a, a kid.
4: this is this, this is my jam, boys. Mate
1: The <laughs> last scene. <laughs> In front of the uh, the 13th part two, where he goes through the window. You yeah. Know, just, I had moved the bed away from the, from the window when I was a kid.
2: Yeah. Of course, that and he was
4: only wearing the sack on the head in that one. He didn't have his hockey mask. No,
2: yeah, he didn't. Yeah. Oh, when did the hockey yeah. mask come?
4: Episode, oh, part three.
2: Oh, you're, you're right across this. Because Friday the
4: 13th, the, fir- them, the where- first one, it was the mother doing the killing. And then Jason comes out of the water at the end, the, right. He's a, the terrifying scene. That's
2: where he comes out of the water. And then that's
4: the second him. one is when you first see Jason doing some dastardly deeds.
3: Mine, mine is a under not an underrated one, but it won't jump straight to mine. It's the guy from No Country for Old Men. Oh yeah, with yeah, the yeah, pressure yeah. Gun, oh, what's
4: with the pressure gun. Yeah, what's yeah. he? Liam, you know his name. What's
3: he? His... Sha- uh, yeah. Javier, oh, the
0: car- Anton Chigurh. Yeah, yeah, there
3: you go. The Mate, yeah, just, uh, just, uh, I don't know. There was something about his character that, and what's bizarre yeah. is how he's like in romantic comedies later in his career. I, thought I yeah. he'd be typecast for the rest of his life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Javier Bardem, yeah, good yeah, looking he's, dude. Like, evil personified in that movie. Oh dude. my god! Just black eyes, yeah. oh, haircut. Yeah, yeah, haircut uh,
1: like a coconut husk sitting <laughs> in the <bed>. uh, <laughs> 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 I mean <laughs> it's fair nicking mate. Find a new barber. Uh, <laughs> who else is on your list, Matthew? You got a list. Oh, you got a big list here. I've got a big list. Um I've gone uh I've gone uh Brett uh, Easton Ellis, who uh, Christian Bale's character in American Psycho. Yeah. Very good. Huey Lewis and News fan. But of was he
4: really a serial killer?
1: That's the question. Oh. Well
4: how hey, you don't want to spoil if you haven't spoiler seen it.
1: Alert.
4: I seen I'll tell you what
2: seen I liked. It? Uh do you see the movie The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Yeah. yeah. Daniel Craig? Great movie. That's a great movie. The, the original's, original's better. Yeah. The original I know, I've seen both. Better. They're yeah. both really good. Mm-hmm. But um, the serial killer and that, that's good. And also, mm. I liked the spin off like that Hannibal in two thousand and one. Did you really? Oh, I thought it was great. Julianne Moore was fantastic in that mm. movie. What about, no. Yeah. no? This, is, this is
5: interesting. This
4: is this is the second time that we've done like Signs of Lambs*. Is the second time we've done a Hannibal Lecter we film did after *Hannibal, Rise, Hannibal Rising*. Man. Webby's incredible suggestion,
2: which I liked. <laughs> you know, no, no, you know, which I thought I liked, and then when I suggested, and then when I watched and thought, this is actually shit. <laughs> so obviously, I was not in the right mental frame yeah. when I did it. L- Liam, line.
1: give us a couple, brother.
0: I think. Um, Roger Ebert calls this one of the greatest performances in the history of cinema. Charlize Theron in Monster. Oh, unbelievable. Mm. Like, haunting movie, haunting performance, but, yeah, she's so good in that.
1: I always think of the great Gary Harley um, up in Newcastle once on 2HD. He was giving away double passes. Harley, to uh, the Tower Cinemas, give us a call. First five called us through. Uh, and you'll get to go and see a movie just come out called Monster. I went and saw it, and I tell you what—that Charlie on, he can act. That bloke. Up. <laughs> uh, uh, what, about, what about, uh, mate, Freddy Krueger? Mm. Nightmare on yeah. Elm Street. Mm. I mean,
4: the, the original is the one, of, one of the one of the greatest horror films Man, ever I made. I've say,
3: one that seriously gave me nightmares—it's the Ghostface from Scream. Oh, the original, really? the original, because mm. I used to live in a house out like you know uh, on acreage, and we had all these like glass windows, and I just kept thinking he's going to be standing there one day. Oh. But I'll, I'll take ne- him. I can ne- beat ne- him. These Campbell's
2: a acting will do that too.
1: Mm. Excellent. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Mick Taylor, Liam, Wolf Creek.
0: Oh, 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 I,
4: I, I went to I went to Wolf Creek Crater, and it is in the middle of nowhere, and I was. I was looking over my shoulder because empty car park, Mm. and you're just waiting. Oh, no one's tinkering with your car. I was terrified out there.
0: Right, it's awful. Liam, some others? We've done this movie, and the performance gets creepier over time, I think, but Kevin Spacey as John Doe in Seven. Oh, Oh, yes. yes.
4: Is it get he creepier because we know about Kevin Spacey? or Sorry, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Charges <laughs> dropped. Charges, Charges dropped. Drop, sorry, yeah, yeah. Charges sorry drop. he's, ba- drop. he's back. Yeah, yeah. Kevin's he's back. back.
1: Yeah, hate the man. <laughs> not the uh, uh, David Berkowitz, Summer, Summer of Sam.
3: Oh, yeah, that was really cool I enjoyed that. I enjoyed Spike that movie Jones. too. Yeah. That was good. Spike this This one, I literally couldn't keep watching them because they're so hectic. Jigsaw. Oh, yeah. And there is a
4: jigsaw. <sighs> there's a sort They are too hectic. I'm the
3: same. I couldn't that's get through. Them. So hectic. Oh my god, the anxiety and like the way they like wrap tension up with. And they're yeah, it, it would well, that's oh. talking
4: talk about tension. Like you know, what would you, like because he yeah, has what would to you do? Yeah, oh, got to ask that god. question. What about
2: Ooh. the movie Copycat? Yeah. Copycat. good. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. Really yeah, awesome. yeah, it's a good weaver. weaver. Han, yeah. uh, Harry Connick Jr. Yeah? Oh. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. What about one of the great franchises? Mike Myers, mm. Michael Myers, Halloween, Halloween. Halloween. Mm. Austin Powers. Can I put yeah.
5: forward Sharon Stone in Basic Instincts Oh, oh. Well. oh. Well. Wow. from Left Field. Wow, that, that, that movie is quite just creepy. Quite, With quite featuring, featuring
2: Newman from Seinfeld. Yes. yes. That that movie. Yeah, you know, one
1: minute you're frisky, next you're terrified. Yeah, it's it, amazing. It's, <laughs> whole gamut emotions. of emotions going. Liam, thank you, brother. Boys, let's talk about the uh, the two sides who exited the competition last week: Roosters the Knights. Nice. Firstly, the Roosters, boys. How how would you rate their season out of Ten.
3: I think when it comes to the way they played, I would honestly probably give it about a C. Yeah, even, maybe even a C minus. When it comes to showing the strength of their culture, I'd honestly give it like or B+. B Yeah, yeah. I think that, you know, I hate to use their rival, but look at the Rabbitohs. And when you look at it, okay, did they really finish that far apart? Probably not. Plus, you would argue the Roosters at the start of the season were firmer favorites than the Rabbitohs were to win a premiership. The difference between the Roosters and the Rabbitohs right now is the Rabbitohs, I'm still unsure whether everything is sorted. Yep. The Roosters, they seem united. They seem that, okay, that there's some shortcomings here or there, but they all seem on the same page. That's yes. that's the positive I have for the Roosters.
1: It's, it's funny with the Roosters. It, when you say that, Denon, you're right. It, it, they're very brave at the back end of the year with the injuries and whatnot. It just shows you how off their football is mm. in what, what they're trying to do. For whatever reason, they just can't simplify their attack. It's just so sideways and skims across the – even the game they played against, uh, they won the semifinal against Cronulla, which, you know, one of their best wins of the year. So brave. But the first half, their attack was so
3: bad. i, I got to say, and, and this is coming from a place of I think Teddy is the – in the top five fullbacks to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. He is absolutely incredible. But I do believe there is – he needs to go away in the offseason – and work on his ball playing, and also work on... It, like, he has good ball playing. We've seen it. But I guess just zoning back into what we saw, where he would be able to square defenders up, because all of the best form fullbacks, your Scotty Drinkwater, your Walsh, your Kalen Ponga, what's their biggest weapon? It's their ball playing. Mm. And so I think that a lot of their attacks sometimes... There was times on the weekend where Teddy could have just thrown that last ball. They probably would have scored. I think that, that will straighten their attack up, because taking one out, hit up, scoots, mm. I just don't know whether to that's me, worth his time. But, Daniel, it's I, end, yeah. but
2: it's like, that's always been his... Yeah, but do you he, reckon, wasn't as, he wasn't as But big. all those carries, like he just – mm. I, I spoke to people, the Roosters, they said, like, he just seemed to, again, try to do too much yeah, for yeah. the ball. Yeah, yeah.
3: And he, he's not playing bad. Like, it's
2: not – no, 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 you no, no.
3: It's more just going, I just think, instead of that put, – put, put it this way. if you People, a lot of fans go, well, he should take that hit-up. But every hit-up that Teddy takes in the middle is a hit-up that the the, yes. the the defenders know that they're not going to spread the ball. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, I will right.
2: say this about the Roosters – they had a lot of distractions this year. Sure oh, yeah. Angus. Angus Crichton at the start of the year Swalee what he was doing. Walker got dropped for two games and then was injured for most of the season. Uh, Brandon Smith took time to get into like mm. a, a, the best part of a season to get into to feel comfortable in his role. Um, Tedesco had contract stuff at the start of the year. I mean, they had a lot going on.
1: Webby, sort of but let's have a look to next season, right? And the reason... <clears throat> Yeah, because we we're naturally assuming right next year. Okay, they'll they'll get it together. But with twelve months ago, we we're saying the same thing. Exactly. Remember, twelve months ago, we're going. Oh, you know what really cruel them. They got off to a really slow start. They had to hit their straps midway through the year, and then they got bundled at it. Next year, they'll have it together. So here same we same are happen. again. But the, exactly.
2: Thing. But also, I remember when they lost to the Dolphins in the first round, and talking to Politis on that Monday morning, and he was filthy. And it's not. And, and and he underst- like he's been around long enough nick and he's a passionate chairman and benefactor or whatever but they have the best they've got the best resources yep. they've got the best players they've got the best chairman the best board they've got the they've best. got everything you know but got everything think, going for them i think so they really should be pressing they should. a lot more for premierships than they have i think it really shows you though that
3: there's an intangible part of rugby league that it doesn't matter how far we come scientifically. It doesn't matter how much money you throw at it. Mm. There's an intangible part of playing footy that I think that you look at some of the, the top, like for example, you look at the Penrith Panthers, they are just so in sync. It's unbelievable. I, 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 any Roosters fan, go and listen to Trent Robinson's uh, press conference after the game. I thought he handled it incredibly well. And he did say that we need to sort the start of our seasons out because yeah. it's becoming an undeniable fact. If you don't finish in the top four, you
2: will not win the conference. Yeah, the, mm. yes. yeah.
1: uh, will he start next season? He has to start next season under a degree of pressure. You I think it'll be yep. a
2: degree of scrutiny, but yeah. he's not going anywhere. No, no. He got re-signed for six years last year. Um, I think he needs a revamp, though. I'm not he needs Are they dumping he, seven he, or nine
4: players?
1: I think without a doubt. I, mm. Like, as you said before, they were very brave. So if they're very brave, you know, what else you, you know, what what else has gone wrong? And it, it is the style of football they, they were attempting to play. Mm. They, he definitely has to revamp. They're, they're losing a number of players. They're losing, I think they're saying nine. They're getting Dom Young.